Hey, everybody, you are listening to Is It That Deep Though? With Joy and Cynthia. I almost wanted to say starring Joy. <laughs> Not starring. Hey, we are, the, we are the stars of this podcast. You know, that's true. Yes, the stars and the only cast members. it's a it's a what do you call it it's not an ensemble cast it's a limited series i don't know i I don't know i don't know film television (laughs) i don't i've never seen a show or a series that just start two people but podcasts usually are just a duo so yeah we back that's what we're saying um it feels good to be back in the new year we started this in august last year it is now january wow come on longevity Come on, longevity. Come on. Um, Sustainability. Endurance. And honestly, endurance. That's what it really is. <laughs> but this has just been a good time for us to catch up, like just mm-hmm. talk to each other. If there wasn't already a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend, I would be like, we should be called Call Your Girlfriend. I know. <laughs> Except I that song's about heart. breaking up, though. That song's about yeah. like, <laughs> tell your girlfriend it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Why'd they pick that song? I got a new lamp, so Cynthia, you can actually see me. I can. I love the lamp. I was just asking where you got it from and like what like how much it was because I want it. And then I saw the price, I was like, I can wait. Yeah. But it looks so nice. My sugar daddy company paid for it. <laughs> My job paid for it. I'm thinking with this lamp, maybe we can start a Patreon. <laughs> And be like, Ooh. you have to pay to watch us talk. Yeah. Record. That's a, a bit much. We should probably start with just like a social media account. Maybe an email. Just start with an email. You know what? It's true. <laughs> we don't even have that. <laughs> we're talking about people paying us to breathe and like we don't even have an email. Well, we're like underground. We're like yeah, very um, dream pop, synth wave, mm. uh, shoegazy, um, yes. obscure, underground, norm core, you know. All yeah. of those. <laughs> I think that's the vibe of this entire thing. <laughs> Norm core. Norm core. <laughs> These just people just regular. be saying whatever and put core. Oh, 100%. Cottage core. <laughs> poverty core. It's like, really? Mumble core. Mumble core. It's like, it's not everything has to be core. Basic core. Basic. Going to sleep core. Nap core. We're nap core. We're nap. You know, that's what it is. We're nap core. I want to sleep right now. What does norm core even mean? Like just normal? I guess so. And how different is that from? Because I've actually seen basic core. Like I've seen that as like a tag on Tumblr. So I don't know okay, let me how legitimate Google. it is. What does norm core mean? And it says a style of dressing that involves the deliberate choice of unremarkable or unfashionable casual clothes. <laughs> Let me share my screen. <laughs> Show you what they're, what they're I was about to say, I was about to look at it myself because that sounds stupid. <laughs> look at this dude. <laughs> this is normal. Wow. It's just a guy wearing like a hoodie. A hoodie. <laughs> see, everybody wants, see, identity is important, but I think we have too much identity going on. This not everything has a label. This is regular clothes. She's wearing a bomber jacket. Oh, this is kind of cute. Okay, maybe we should stop. This is not norm court. They're That's showing us Seinfeld. pictures of Seinfeld. No, <laughs> Seinfeld is not norm court. Anyways, how is your how has your past month been? The last yes. episodes we recorded were actually like two weeks in advance. The last episode, so we really haven't recorded in like a month. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's wild. Yeah, those those past two 
or that month has been hectic. Part of the reason why we haven't recorded because the holidays happened. I got COVID. So oh, eh, I didn't boo. think you'd, you're so brave to share that. I, oh. I didn't think you would share it. There's nothing wrong with having it. Yeah, I just thought true. you'd be like, I don't want people to know my business like that. Oh, no, that's okay. Because <laughs> I feel like everyone like I feel like everyone got it this time around or a lot of people did let me not say everyone um but it sucked so if y'all haven't gotten boosted yet or y'all don't take this shit seriously take it seriously because I haven't gotten sick in two years and I mean I work at a hospital so I'm assuming that's where I got it from Mm. and I just felt so weird being sick and then you're afraid to give it to someone else and but what's crazy is we're all gonna get it there's no way that this thing's not going away for the rest of your life you cannot dodge this Mm-hmm. You'd be lucky if you only get it once a year because it's just going to yeah. keep mutating and getting like, flu. yeah. And it, when it mutates, it gets more contagious, mm-hmm. but less lethal. Right. Right. So it's like, we're all going to get it. And it literally will just be like the flu. Like, oh, you got the Delta Cron. The Delta Cron. <laughs> <laughs> you got the, like, they're all just kind of having babies with each other. <laughs> I know. I saw something that was like the, like, what they call it? Flurona. Yeah. That dude. thing, that's crazy. That I name just, actually scared me. <laughs> it, that was scary. I didn't like that. I was like, y'all need to stop. This is, sounds like end times language. It does. Oh, it wow. do. It, outside of, um, sickness yes yes pivot <laughs> pivot how what else did you have any fun times with your family it was I you know did. the holidays you got it during new year's eve so after mm. before is there any good point <laughs> yeah there was so i didn't get it at all during christmas and leading up to that which is good so i spent it with my family we got to hang out um we had like an airbnb situation here and damn nice yeah because initially it was going to stay at my spot but it then we realize it's too small. So, you know, this might sound creepy, but I, I checked your location and I was literally like, where is she? Does she have another family member? And they're all just chilling at some random house. And that's interesting. I didn't know she had relatives like there. That's so true. I didn't tell you that. See, but what is the point of sharing your location with your friends, if not for those friends to check in and be like, where this bitch at? Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole point. And like, see, that's one thing, because I feel like that's so helpful. And it's actually like pretty secure, securing knowing that because it's like, you never know. And like, what if something happened? So all that is to say, yeah, we wasn't here. <laughs> we, were- <laughs> we were at a nice property in a nice- northern <laughs> um but that was nice and it was a a nice um place to to hang out and be with family because we were supposed to go to nigeria and we couldn't so it was a nice thing to do instead and i'm also like work side of things like applying to postdocs i just had an interview like an hour ago ago. how was that oh yeah i'm surprised you wanted to record right after then (laughs) well i had a lot of time because i left early for the interview like I left work to go to the interview and then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, we might as well just record earlier and okay. stuff. So it worked out. And I have another one tomorrow that I have oh, not God. How but- draining are these? Are these like super draining? For those who want to know like what this grad school process is, postdoc mm-hmm. comes after your first year of residency. It gets you in the door for like getting hired to like a real not yeah. psychology firm. What, what do you call oh, it? <laughs> Like a, you know, a practice or a hospital. Yeah, there you go. Practice. Or something like that. Yeah. So that's like my last training thing before I'm like free. And I also want to get like licensed. Mm-hmm. So that'll be like my opportunity to do that. So it depends. This one was like about 45 minutes. Um, and then the one I have tomorrow is all day. So like. 
What did they ask you? A lot of things like, where do you see yourself in five years? What do you like about this position? So like basic stuff. Tell me about your research. Tell me about your clinical interests. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's just like basic job interview. Like, what are some of your biggest weaknesses? Right. (laughs) Name a time you dealt with a difficult patient. How did you handle it? Like, that's exactly a question. I've gotten that question so many times. (laughs) Yeah. I can prep you. You fucked up. (laughs) Man, I will never forget one interview. I'm, (laughs) this is before I knew you needed to like prep for interviews in general. I went to an interview and they asked me what my like so what is your biggest weakness and I was stumped because I didn't prepare oh no I literally that's one of those corny questions you think they're not gonna ask you and they ask you and I was literally just like hmm well (laughs) good question um I literally was like I don't know how to answer this because I don't have any weaknesses baby I'm just perfect I'm perfect but I think question, I think it's like, especially at this point, um, it's the last thing I'll say about this, but I feel like more of it is just kind of seeing how you respond to questions like that. And like, if you prepared for this, cause I'm sure, you know, I could tell the person who interviewed me, like they just finished with their work day. It was the end of the day mm-hmm. they were tired. So they kind of already had a, an idea of what they wanted to know. And if I came to the interview unprepared, I feel like that says more than any response I could have given. So it's like, if you right. show that you actually cared enough to prepare. But at the same time, you don't want to sound too rehearsed. Like my biggest weaknesses is that I care too much and I put too much of myself into my work. (laughs) My biggest weaknesses is that I refuse to leave the office until everything is done. (laughs) Like, I'll be like, okay, okay, we get it. it. The best thing is to just be conversational and laugh a lot. I'm the kind of person who I can't help but chuckle at the end of every third sentence, if Mm. you haven't noticed. So (laughs) So regardless, if you laugh, Laughter is infectious. So if yeah. you chuckle at your own words, they will end up smiling and chuckling with you. They don't even know what they're laughing at, but they'll laugh That's at you. True. So pretty cool. <laughs> Great interview advice I just gave y'all. My last month has been pretty unmemorable. Like literally can't remember anything. I went to my family's for Christmas. Hmm. Good Christmas. Saw the family dog again. That was great. Okay, you um, have a dog. Yeah, this is a dog that my mom got me when I was 17, literally my last year before I left. Wow. <laughs> and so had one good year with the dog and was like, <laughs> deuces. <laughs> and now I have two cats. So like this dog is basically my mom's ward because my mom is not like loving towards the dog. She's I'm just sure. Like, she like tolerates the dog. But um, yes. And then for New Year's, I stayed in with a friend. We cooked and watched a lot of TV. She got me into this show called Singles Inferno. <gasps> okay. I haven't started it yet, but I've heard a lot of things about it. See, how are we, we never line up on what to watch. We really got to pick a series and I like know. we'll watch it at the same time so we can digest it together. Yeah. I did watch the ones that you recommended, like yes. Smart Money Women and stuff like that. But Yes. We'll we'll get into those in a bit. Yes. But Singles Inferno is very interesting. It's the first dating show I've ever seen where they didn't even touch. Like... Yeah. If you watch Love Island or like Too Hot Too Hot to Handle, any of the US ones, they be they they have sex on TV. They will literally get under the sheets. Sometimes they're not even completely hidden under the sheets and Mm -hmm. they will bone with the camera rolling. Right. These people in Singles Inferno, which is in Korea, they wouldn't they'd never even held hands. Yeah. Not even a 
a like one girl, the guy asked her like, will you kiss me on my cheek? And she was so shy to do it that oh, I was wow. like, oh my gosh. And my friend was like, well, in Korea, like you don't do stuff like that on TV. Like you don't kiss or be affectionate. So that's why, but it was crazy. Also, they were wearing long sleeves on this island. Really? And again, in Love Island or any other US show that takes place on an island, you cannot get these people to put clothes on. Right. Yeah, naked. Exactly. In this show, however, they are literally wearing button-ups and long skirts at times. Like I was wow. like, this is a very different culture. It's very interesting. Also pretty colorist, but if you can get past that, um <laughs> if you can just ignore the fact that they the view that pale skin, literally the tan girl on the show, they treated her like her name was Butch and she like was a stud. Like they <laughs> to me, yeah. she was the most beautiful. And then they literally like don't even the way these men were looking right through her was hilarious. Cause I was like, if you think she is too masculine, you think she's unattractive? I'm probably like an ogre to y'all. Like I'm Shrek. <laughs> I show up, y'all don't not, even want to look me in the eye. Like, gosh, because not only do I have darker skin, I'm tall and mm. I have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's sad because of just, you know, colors and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they felt that way towards me too, just because of colorism and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, pretty sad. Cause I also pretty feel sad. like I'm destined to marry an Asian man. I think that Issa, I was going to say Issa Rae. You prophesied that we should be, that Asian men and black women should give it a go. And this kind of, I'm not going to lie, put me a little bit like, oh, okay, that's how you feel. Mm -hmm. Hmm. But uh, I wasn't talking about TV when I talked about what I was up to. Uh, But yeah, there's really nothing else I can think of. So let's get into our pop culture. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Okay, so you finally saw Selling Tampa. I did. What did you think? What points did you agree with that I said and what stood out to you? So I think, and I don't know if it's because of the cast or maybe it's because I hadn't seen Selling Sunset in a long time, but I feel like I do. I like Selling Tampa more than Selling Sunset. Mm. I know I'm like the only person who thinks that I feel. No, Uh, I felt more comfortable with it. Definitely. I'm not watching Selling Sunset anymore. I think I said that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm done with these fake white women. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my God, I'm so happy for you. Ring the bell. Oh my God. (laughs) I can't do it. It's just too much. And I just feel like, I don't know. I like Selling Tampa, if it gets season two, which I think it will, right? It'll get a second season. I don't think that has been decided yet, but I can't oh. see them. I can't see them not renewing. Yeah, it. there's no way they wouldn't give it at least, especially because the direct, the creator created Selling Sunset, created The Hills. Yeah, I think it got enough talk. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the amount of houses sold? And like, was Ooh. there too much drama for you? There was more drama than I would have liked. I wish they focused more on the actual selling of the houses because that was something I remember from like the first season of Selling Sunset that that was a big point. Like I would have loved to see, um, oh my gosh, not Tony. <laughs> Calgary. <laughs> you just saw Calgary. Calgary. You're right. Yo. Did you say Calvary or Calvary? Calvary, like Calvary on a hill. <laughs> and then I said the girl's name was Tony. Because she looked like Tony Childs. She looks um, and acts like Tony Childs. Yeah. Cal- um, Colony and Anne. I would love to hear, like, see more of them, like, doing their thing. Because it's clear that they were super productive. And, like, 
most of the selling stuff had to do with the like towards the end it was like the male founders and then um old girl who was like messing up when she was going out mm-hmm. on these things and everything like that so they focused more on that and then i do feel like they focused a lot on not not chanel my gosh what was Sherelle? Sherelle, dude i'm so ugh. no it's okay <laughs> yeah but Sherelle's um private life like I, it was really sad to like hear about like her mom mm-hmm. losing her house and things like that but i feel like the focus was a lot on that and like when she got pregnant like the mm-hmm. moving i just kind of wish they limited that and i'd like to see more in a boss capacity i didn't see that it kind of seemed like it was more of her you know yeah. the drama surrounding her life but and i you know. think that's that's what's tricky is again with the oppenheim group those two who own it, those two men, you don't know they, anything we, about them. We don't know anything about them. It focuses on the women. And with the women, you see all the drama, like mm-hmm. whoever's pregnant, whoever's beefing with whom, you know, all of that. But here, there's no, I don't, maybe that's a sexist way of directing Ooh. or building a story to be like, for the boss, she's a woman. So we're just going to let her be bossy and gossipy. And, but maybe that's how she already was with all of these women. So maybe they just literally came in, we're like, what is your, you know, your, your rapport with your team, like what is, how does it go? And she just happens to be best friends with Joanna. And so she tells her everything and she prefers to go get drinks with her team. So they get drunk together. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't think like, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, like, and I don't think that's wrong to you. I just would have loved to see like the Sherelle that like founded the group because the group was like relatively new and her being a boss like she was a veteran like I'd love to see more of that you know mm-hmm. as opposed to like some of the other things but that's if that like if that's her real life like mm-hmm. it's important to highlight that too some of it I think was the director being like I mean some of it really is directing and editing because you know you never really know what storyline they built mm-hmm. for each episode what they decided to shoot what they edited out. But at the same time, Sherelle did confirm, like we were breaking into the luxury market. So we sell like four, they sell $400,000, $500,000 houses all day. Okay. $600,000 all day. But this show was focused on the luxury market. So houses that are a million dollars plus. Yeah. So they were trying to break into that. And there's this YouTuber I follow called Rodney, the voice. And he was like, he made a very good point because, you know, DJ Envy had that whole thing where he, did you see that? No. DJ Envy from The Breakfast Club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like had a, an Instagram post where he's like compelling selling Sunset and selling Tampa. And he's like, one of these shows, they sold a bunch of houses. The other one, they sold zero houses. They didn't sell any. Why is that? Why did the, it's the same creator, same director, but only one, the white series, they sell all the houses, but the black one, they didn't sell any. Why is that? And the women were trying to tell them, like, we are breaking into this market. Like, we're trying. Right. Like, do you want to buy a house from us? Because 50 yeah. Cent also, 50 Cent, like, ended up hopping on and, like, laughing, like, LOL, they didn't sell no houses. Because, <laughs> you know, 50 Cent. <laughs> and they're like, oh, 50. They're like, okay, 50 Cent, like, why don't you buy a house from us? Like, you could buy, from, like, why are y'all just laughing and pointing shit out? Y'all could actually right. work with us. And so the YouTuber I follow was pointing out, like, let's be real. Who who are the main demographic of people buying and selling luxury homes? Right. And so these black women are trying to break into this market that is inundated with white people who probably yeah. want to sell to white people, who For probably sure. want to buy from white people, want white people representing them. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that and it made me think like there's probably a better firm in Tampa that sells way more that right. sells luxury houses, but it's, it's probably established. All, yeah, it's probably all white. Yeah. And the 100%. director 
Adam DeVello probably was like, I don't want to do just another white show. Mm-hmm. I want to do something fun. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> white shows can be fun. Sorry. <laughs> I want to do something different. Like, mm-hmm. let me showcase. He probably interviewed a few different people who own firms and like started probably really like Sherelle and was like, I like her team. Like, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. let's tell the story of a black firm that's breaking into the market, not right. knowing that everybody would watch it and be like, these bitches, they sell no houses. They didn't sell no houses. Oh, why do why the white people uh, sell houses? Because they're it's white. Like, it's easy. Right. And the firm is in Hollywood run by white men. Like right. those two twins are white men. They only have white women on their staff. Right. Like it's very easy for them to make these connects versus black women in Florida who are trying and it's like already even black people sometimes look at other black people like you can't trust them like oh mm-hmm. they're not professional I was saying they weren't professional I was saying I don't think I'd want to buy a house from Sherelle because mm-hmm. she looks like she wouldn't get right back to you <laughs> <laughs> they're already oh. and I don't I'm not taking back anything I said that was just yeah. my impression right at this but, time you know but um but yeah, it's it's just going to be harder for them. So I, I realize like, yeah, if they're breaking in and it's not going to be easy, then I don't think it does them any favors to have drama. I, I don't think they had more drama than Selling Sunset, but it just because they didn't have the status to be selling as many houses, it mm-hmm. made it seem like it was just drama. That's such a good point, because I think the drama surrounding like Sherelle and the other people on the team was a little more complex than the drama of like, oh, um, oh my gosh, whatever that girl's, why am I forgetting? Like Christine, Christina, uh, Christine, sorry. Yeah, Christine and um, the main girl. Chriselle. Chriselle, yeah. Christine and Chriselle basically is like one girl doesn't like the other and they don't mm-hmm. like each other and they're talking, like that's so petty. And like, it's that all made so, up. And it's all made up. It's so petty. Like there's no depth to that. And I feel like if I was like someone trying to buy a house and I learned that this was going on there, it's like, oh, that's kind of, you know, so it's a, it's a super petty thing compared to like the drama that was going on where it's like Rena has real concerns about like what's going exactly. on with leadership. Joanna is like, like her position and her proximity to Sherelle and all of that, like, and potentially leaving, like Colony being kind of like pushed to the side for Joanna. Like all of those things are like real workplace dynamics that happen everywhere. And I feel like that type of drama is not like, you know, it's more complex and it's like more relatable than it's like, oh, sh- I don't like her. And she it's, says she's yes. behind my back. It's relatable, but I kind of felt like it doesn't make the business look good. Like, first yeah. of all, why is it? That, I mean, it's a black female firm and we're all pumped. Like, yeah, we get to watch black women like do their thing. Mm-hmm. And the main drama is just divisiveness that mm-hmm. they don't respect this person. I don't like this person. Mm-hmm. This Some of them, the whole point is you're shitty at your job. Alexis, it's it's like you don't know how to sell a house. You're Mm -hmm. bad. You're a bad realtor. Oh, Tennille, you steal people's commissions or think that you're entitled to other people's money. Mm -hmm. Oh, Colony, you sleep with every guy who sells you, who you sell a house to. Like that, Mm -hmm. just the things they were saying or putting out there about each other. Them even saying like, Sherelle's mom lost her house. Can she... I know right now I didn't like that either I didn't like that and then even Rena being like this place is incompetent I want to start my own shit and steal two people I'm like this place seems like it's rickety and falling apart (laughs) it feels like you would be in talks with one of them and a month later they'd be like I actually don't work there anymore I'm over like it just doesn't feel stable whereas with uh the Oppenheim group it's 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 so 
basic, the drama that I know it's not real. It's literally yeah. just Christina doesn't like Chriselle. They've been talking, somebody spread rumor. Like it's nothing related to the business. Nobody right. has stolen anybody's, you know, mm-hmm. listing. Nobody has shorted anybody on their commission. Nobody yeah. on their team is bad. I feel like at some point they were kind of showing Amanza getting her footing. Oh, but it was yeah. never like she literally sucks yeah. at this job and like the, the homeowners are pissed. Like right. it was never like that. That's true. And I want to talk about that because I feel like watching that was so painful. And oh, last thing with the DJ Envy thing or whatever. I just <laughs> think it's funny that like if it was a show, I mean, I'm not to bring noir into it, but I always do. Like if it was a show with like eight black men that were starting a barbershop business or something and they weren't getting, I feel like all of that, like, all the drama why aren't they selling houses like would they would dj and v50 send all these other people like really be at their necks if it was like you know a a show focused on like black men entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. or is it because they're women i don't know so yes and granted i will say that it felt like dj envy wasn't really attacking the women it said he was attacking the creator director it seemed like he was like it's the same director creator two different shows the black one they don't sell anything the white one does like i don't think his point was the black one y'all y'all don't work <laughs> i think the point was like <laughs> why do they make it seem like it's just drama and y'all don't work okay uh, i think that was it and then it kind of got convoluted with you know like did y'all sell houses did y'all really sell houses and them having to say oh well we're trying so <laughs> i don't i don't know i'll be yeah. there for next season though if it premieres i'm interested to see if rena opens up her own firm yes. if Sherelle, I heard Sherelle opened a branch in Miami, which to me is like, so well, she is did? Your, that's what I heard. I don't have uh-huh. any confirmation, but if she did, I'm like, so what's going on with Tampa? Like, did, is that stable enough for you to really just open and you have enough money to just open up yeah. another firm? And do you have connects in Miami enough to, I mean, I guess she could use Chad's connects. Does Chad know a lot of people who buy houses? I, don't, I have no idea what he even does. I think he probably just owns like a sports bar too. Like he gives right. me like I took my NFL money and just opened up some businesses that would never stop. Right. Having- like if you open up a sports bar with some good wings. <laughs> which good wings are just wings. Wings, <laughs> like- yeah. I know. See, that's yeah. Good wings are wings. And Chad Ocho Cinco owns the bar. Of course, people are gonna want to go to Ocho Cinco's. Ocho Cinco wanted me. Ocho Cinco wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> apparently i looked it up the man changed his name back to johnson so his name okay Ocho single no more because i was looking at it's like Ocho sink like anyway I don't resolution know. we have closure on that uh, yes good. yes um okay let's talk about two more things okay let's talk about the fresh prince reboot yeah so did you like it so did you like I, the trailer i like the trailer i'll say that i liked it i like the fact that it sounds like there's something else that's going on with Will and his history besides just like getting in fights and something like like something legal or whatever. Um, so I think that's an interesting spin on it. And I hope they go into it more. I like seeing like the new, you know, revision of like the cast, like Hillary Carlton, mm-hmm. all them, the and, like, what they look like, the banks is and stuff. Um, Uncle Phil was an alpha or something. Did you see that? <laughs> I guess, yeah, he was stepping. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, please explore. Like, I'm curious. So you go to, I don't know. Um, But yeah, I'm looking, I'm, I would watch it. I would definitely watch it. It didn't seem hokey, which is what I was afraid. Like drama for the sake of drama. Yeah. Did it remind you of All American? <laughs> it kind of did. I wonder if like, 
It's very similar, but to be fair, Fresh Prince came first. So yeah. All American, well, All American is based off of the story of an actual like NFL player. So mm-hmm. um, maybe I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I thought the trailer was good. Like, yeah, I, the funny thing is I saw it because somebody I follow had retweeted being like, this looks bad and i was like oh let me watch it and it didn't look bad i was like this looks good like what are you talking about like shout out to coco jones she yes. was let it shine yep you did all a youtube video talking about how basically disney fucked her um they put her to the side in favor of selena gomez and demi lovato mm-hmm. and miley cyrus um because let it shine came out around the time of you know like camp rock and wizards of waverly all of that stuff so yeah. she was supposed to get her own show and they canceled her show mm-hmm. she was supposed to drop an album they canceled her album they mm-hmm. were supposed to be let it shine too that was shut down because she wouldn't name who, but one of the other stars didn't want to come back. Mm. My guess is Tyler James Williams. I know. I love he, everybody hates Chris. I watch Abbott yeah. Elementary. He's good on it. Anyway. He, he gives me like, I don't want to do Disney. Yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he gives me, I don't need this sure. check. I was already yep. on the hit show. <laughs> <laughs> he's so adorable. I love his eyes. He just looks so cute. Like so funny. I like, uh, I want to get close to him. Uh, <laughs> <cute>. um, <laughs> I don't, where were we talking about? Uh, wait, yes, uh, the Fresh yes. Prince reboot. So Fresh Prince, yeah. Yes, I like that they redid the family. Obviously, had to redo the family. Everybody is pretty much chocolate this time around. Like, there's no light skin Aunt Viv. There's no like light skin biracial Hillary Banks. <laughs> biracial yes. Ashley Banks maybe she's biracial I don't mm-hmm. know um but anyways like yes they've done it and now the house is bigger and grander it's still the same mm-hmm. premise you know that he was in West Philadelphia and that you know he got involved with a gang not like he was in the gang mm-hmm. but just like he got into a fight on the basketball court and it went south people hate it they're mad because there's gun violence that's the right. whole point is that he was a street kid who got put in this but I get it because the original Fresh Prince was refreshing funny the- even yeah. though he came from that lifestyle, he came in with such a good attitude, good energy. He was mm-hmm. so funny. The clash of culture with him and Carlton, you know, Hillary with her, like whatever Beverly Hills voice, mm-hmm. like daddy, can I borrow $500? Like mm-hmm. that. And I don't, I don't know that we're going to get that from Coco. Cause they, they did, you know, it's a trailer. They only had like a minute and a half. Yeah. So it's not like we saw everything. A lot of people are just assuming it's going to be a pure drama about mm. like this kid who still like has one foot in the streets and he <laughs> in the Beverly Hills and whatever. <laughs> and I feel like there's room for laughs. We just haven't yeah. seen it. Like this was a drama focused trailer. I would say, give it a shot. Like, I mean, nobody, the thing is like, I get it. No, I'm tired of street violence, of police brutality, of like, I'm from the streets and I'm poor and my mom's on crack. And I mean, his mom wasn't, you know, a drug addict, but I get it. Like just wanting something that you can enjoy. So if you're going to reboot something that we were able to just enjoy, Mm -hmm. why would you take it back down a dark path? Mm -hmm. But if you'd seen that, you know, that, um, did you see what it was based off of that video? Oh, no. Some college student had redone the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and made up a fake trailer with it being more of a drama. And so Will Smith saw it and decided to produce it into a real series. So that's what this is. Yes. So, I mean, part of me is also like, can we not be so quick to shit on something that like black people created? It doesn't, it doesn't look so obviously bad. Like it doesn't look, and you know me, I'm, 
fucking negative, I will be quick to be like, this shit looks bad. (laughs) It doesn't look obviously bad. It looks like Mm -hmm. it could be good. Just give it a shot. Watch an episode or two. And if you're like, yeah, it's too too dark for me. The acting's bad. Some people are like, this looks like a Tyler Perry show. And I'm like, with this budget? No, it's not. not. People just be saying anything. They just like to be hard on people. Absolutely. And people still watch Tyler Perry stuff. How do you get all that money? Because people sat down and watched him. So thank you. You know, I don't know why that's a problem. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I feel like that happens a lot, especially like on the internet, on Twitter and stuff that like someone will say like question mark, question mark, question mark on something. And then it'll turn into this whole negative tirade. It's like none of us have seen anything related to it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that reminds me. I saw on Twitter today. So the original tweet had been deleted, uh, but it had said something along the lines. She had like posted like a clip from Euphoria, I guess, Mm -hmm. being like, wow, isn't it cool how much the camera captures here like it tells you can see this and this and this and it's showing so much of what's going on and a guy had re quote tweeted it and said like yeah it's almost as if filmmaking is intentional like that energy yeah (laughs) to the point where she deleted what she said and everybody (sighs) in his like mentions were like what is wrong with you people? (laughs) I know. Like, why can't you let people enjoy things? Like, what did that do? You being like, like having to shit on somebody being excited about something? Like, right. How did you benefit? Like, good sis, Gabrielle Union said, did you get the likes? Did you get the engagement? Did you get, you know, (laughs) did you get everything that you wanted? Did he text you back? No. I feel like people kind of just say things to say things to have some type of like um, <sighs> superiority complex almost, especially online. So it's unfortunate and yeah, like giving things a shot. Twitter, Twitter is the, the polar opposite of Instagram where Instagram, you get the most engagement by being hot. Like it's purely a superficial aesthetic thing. Like the, inst- the people who have the most followers are the most like attractive people, the thinnest or with the most perfect bodies or the Mm -hmm. most fun lives, whatever. But on Twitter, you can get the most engagement by being sarcastic or smart. Like if you make fun of something, if you do the, this you <laughs> question mark question mark you ratio someone or something if you, yeah if you make a good joke yeah people will engage with you and you can get a lot of followers so that has like bred this generation of people who are literally just being assholes for yes. the sake of hopefully getting some quote t- tweets or some uh men what do you call it some <laughs> i'm like what do you kids call it some mentions <laughs> getting some likes and retweets because they're making fun of somebody and it's just like oh god like oh my gosh Ari what is her name Ari Ari Fletcher oh Ari Lennox we're not not talking about her we're not talking about that Uh, Ari Lennox oh god that was my first one I it was on the tip of my tongue and I refused to say it (laughs) you had restraint that's why I said we're gonna wait (laughs) Ari Lennox apparently went to Ghana and was like oh my gosh it's so beautiful here I almost cried when I got to the beach like I can feel my ancestors I'm thinking about them and people were like in her mentions like OMG you black people who like like Africans were like we're so tired of y'all acting like this is Wakanda like get over yourselves to the point where she deleted all her tweets about Ghana (laughs) Wow. And people, she, I think she kind of started to trend or something because people were like, we cannot believe that y'all made her delete her tweets because y'all yeah. were so mean that you couldn't even let her enjoy her trip. <laughs> That's one thing. Maybe we should have an episode about that because I feel like 
especially the Wakandification of the going back movement. Wakandification? <laughs> what? What does that mean? It's what? like, remember when, when Black Panther came out and there was this like, a lot, this like really pro Pan Africanism thing that happened. There was an uptick in dashiki consumption. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it was, there was definitely pros and cons. And on the con side, a lot of people, especially Africans were like, well, you know, y'all weren't thinking this when y'all were calling us African booty scratchers and things mm-hmm. like that. And it developed this resentment, which I completely understand. But I think sometimes it gets, again, kind of gets too far where like, there has to be like grace about that and not someone being African-American talking about how much they enjoy being in Africa. It doesn't have to be like a whole, like, relax. It's not that serious. I mean, to them, it could be serious. So I don't Does know, it really matter? I don't see myself ever getting annoyed with the black. I mean, it's one thing. I see. I don't even know enough about African culture. I get it. If well, certain people who might be like, you're wearing like the headdress from this country, but the shirt from this country. Yeah. And jewelry. You're doing tribal paint on your face or something like. Right. And you're saying I am Africa. It's like. Yeah. Like it's disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Certain things like that, I guess. But if somebody wants to like wear a dashiki, like what? Why does that bother you? Like somebody wants to go to fucking Nairobi and be like, Mother Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Like lift their hands to the sky. (laughs) What does that do? Like that hurts your feelings? Like. (laughs) Right. And especially if they're like, if they're, if they're black, I don't, that doesn't bother me. I mean, and it depends. I feel like there's, there's a whole, there's levels to everything and we don't have to go into it, but I just feel like that was, that seems like that was kind of too much. Again, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to name this episode. You wasn't shooting with us in the gym. (laughs) That's the energy that these people have. Yeah. It's literally like. You which I get with us in the gym and now you want to uh uh like <laughs> which I get I remember a couple I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago there was like the fufu challenge where people were going and buying fufu and eating it and like some people were like oh my gosh this exquisite dialect you know type of thing from the motherland I have the motherland in my lap or something and some people were like what is this dog food and being so oh, disrespectful MG. it was on TikTok and I just remember being so angry about that and like watching all these videos that people were talking about it and it's like it got to a point where I was like you know what <laughs> this is just too much for my mental health. I can't handle that. I can't fight everyone. Sorry. And... I'm, just, I'm just picturing going out to eat fufu with like non-African people and then being like, this looks like dog food. Dude, it was, there were some people that were so flagrant with it. There was some on TikTok, she opened the thing because the fufu was wrapped in saran wrap. She opened that. She's like, what is this? Start slapping it and stuff. And then like with the soup, she's like, this, as soon as she lifted the lid, she's like, Ooh, this is like <laughs> shit. This thing stinks. How y'all people eat that? Going too far. I was like, I don't know if she was doing too much because she was recording herself. But I was like, I mean, you spent the money, stupid. So eat it. That's your problem. Shit's good. Sorry. This just takes me back to like having those scents on my clothes and in my hair. And- <laughs> There's nothing I could have done about it. It was just always going to be a part of me as long as I lived in my parents' house. That's what we mean by you wasn't shooting with us in the gym. You That's wasn't smelling like a goosey soup and whatever. Like stew on your homework. OMG. Oh my gosh. Did you see that? <laughs> Where, the teacher circled. Circled the stew. The question marks. Like, that was aggressive. Like, <laughs> gee. <laughs> I was like, I was eating next. It's <laughs> <laughs> too funny. What was going on in the teacher's head to be like, question? Like, do you I want know. a kid to explain? Like, <laughs> sorry, I was, e- you've never seen oil before. I'm sorry. Like, 
Yes, I I was eating. <laughs> that was a microaggression. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, the insecure finale to wrap yes. up pop culture. Okay. You go because you're going to be very excited about this. I can tell, and I'm going to have yes. some questions for you. So yes, yes. What happens in this finale? I'll just no. You go ahead and summarize it, and then go ahead. Okay, so basically, finale forty minutes long, just kind of gives an overview of all the characters going through these different life changes, but it's like sequenced by each of their birthdays. Because early in the season, Issa, um, Amanda Seals, <laughs> Molly, and um, Kelly were like, you know, we need to ha- spend more time together. It's been hard because our lives are crazy, but we're going to try to spend time on, on the birthday. So each one of their birthdays, they do like they have a celebration. And I think it goes over like a couple of years um, where we see like Issa progressing with her with the block and her relationship with Nathan and how that, you know, turns out. And um, the first scene is like her having a conversation with Nathan after the fight or the almost fight at, um, what was it? Tiffany's like going away party or something where Lawrence came and started to bucket Nathan, all that type of stuff. They end up breaking up and Issa's really cut up about it, but bounces back. And then it goes to like Molly's birthday um, where she's like meeting Torian's family for the first time and stuff surrounding that. And then it goes to Tiffany's birthday where they meet in Denver because she and Derek had moved to Denver. And Tiffany's saying like, you know, I hate it here. Like, I don't know anybody. And then Molly finds out that her mother passed away during that trip. And then the next birthday is Kelly's birthday. Kelly says that she's pregnant. She's in a long-term relationship. And it's like Molly's wedding with uh, Torian. And then at the end of the whole thing, Issa and Lawrence get back together. And it's like the series ends with like Lisa, not Lisa. Oh my gosh. Issa showing off her engagement ring like covertly and her being with Lauren celebrating her birthday. I like the way that the story ended. A lot of people were upset that Issa didn't pick herself. Like she didn't end up with Nathan. She didn't end up with Lauren. She didn't end up with Daniel, whoever. Like she just kind of, they wanted her to pick herself. But I'm okay with the way that it turned out, not just because of selfish reasons of seeing them together, but just because I like seeing healthy winning black women on TV and how everyone kind of got what they wanted. Like, except Tiffany, but I mean, like, that's okay. She's been getting what she wants her whole life, but- she got support you know and she was pregnant at molly's wedding so she got another kid molly got married which was something that she really wanted kelly has a baby and a purpose she got a new job she's working with molly at um, molly's law firm i'm doing like estate planning and things like that and then Issa is like doing well in her career and she's engaged and i think that's really nice to see like women black women specifically like dark-skinned black women like really like do good things in life and then the relationship between molly and Issa, um that really flourished over the course of all those different events and how much they care about each other. And that was the true win. I think their relationship and seeing that flourish. I think it was a good way to end this whole series. And it's crazy that it's like over and it'll be finally over for me when I cancel my HBO. I haven't yet because I've been rewatching it. But once I do, that's how I know it's over. Okay, I have a couple of questions. Okay. So this finale was 40 minutes. Every other episode has not been this long. Yeah, I think or I think maybe the first season, the last episode of that season was 40 minutes too. But yeah, it was longer than all the other episodes in the season. Is this a half hour show or an hour show? Oh, half hour. So this got just like 10 more minutes or like 20 more minutes? 10 Maybe more that's minutes. too specific to ask. Oh, oh yeah, I can't remember, but it was longer. And I, I looked it up and it like felt longer, so it's okay. So did they say in the episode before the finale that they were going to try to see each other during their birthdays or was that said in this episode? It was said in episode before. So at some point during that last season. Okay, there you go. So yeah. I only watched the first episode of this season and the last episode of the season. Yes. <laughs> you missed a lot. 
Yeah, I see. And I I'm glad I let you go first, because everything you said is what I was going to say that people like you must have felt <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I have yeah. never really felt super tied to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really liked the pacing. There was like season three when I felt like nothing happened and I just like skipped that season. That's the season mm-hmm. where she meets Nathan. Yeah. Um, season four was a lot better. And I was into that because something was happening. The breaking yeah. down of Molly and Issa's relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was excited for this season to explore them coming back together. But it seemed to just skip through that and like jump a year in ahead so that they could be like, oh, they're best friends again. I lost interest specifically because you told me episode two was about Lawrence and his baby mama. Oh yeah, that's true. And I was like, I don't want to see this shit. I literally <laughs> don't want to see this. The story of, because it just feels like this is something that's happening so much. Just a lot of people yeah. knocking up people outside of marriage who they're not even in love with and don't really care about and... Just like people just popping out babies and then they have this horrible turmoil while raising this kid of being like, I hate your mom or I hate your dad or we're not on the same page and him apparently disappearing during her pregnancy and then showing up later and being like, yelling at her like you won't let me do anything i was like yeah. i don't want to watch i don't want to watch this i also don't like jay ellis um so i don't really care about anything to do with him or Lawrence. so anyways watching the first episode of the season and then skipping to the end because i didn't have the context of them saying let's try to see each other for birthdays i was extremely turned off by how much this episode skipped around oh i see that i mean that makes sense Because I'm like, this show, I don't understand it. Like, there is no set standard or pace. Like, in in the first season, again, there was this whole big plot, the leading up to her deciding to cheat on Lawrence, and then Mm -hmm. their relationship falling apart. And then season two... Don't really remember, except that Lawrence has a threesome and he thinks that they might get back together, except they don't. Uh, was season two the season where she got on Tinder and like was trying to date? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then season three again, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened in season three. They wasted a season. That Wait, is- so, but that's when she quit. We got y'all, right? And she was like doing, she was trying to figure out like what she wanted. Yeah, but that was like quiet background stuff where they could have, so what I'm getting to is because I feel like nothing really happened in season three except for like quiet development. Mm-hmm. Who the, the like stands of this show really love that. They're like very happy about, you know, not every day in life does something happen. Like we like that the show can just have some chill episodes where like nothing really happens because that's life and oh, that's adulthood. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, that's an excuse you could give to anything. <laughs> right. You could g- explain away any horrible thing or thing that doesn't really work in TV by saying, well, that's how it goes in life. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like, like, That's how I described it. <laughs> like, geez, like, duh. But the, for the sake of this being work, I just, I mean, there's no rules to filmmaking or making a show or whatever. But I just was like, the pacing is off. And now mm-hmm. to have this finale where you shove all of this, d- these developments, a show where largely nothing happens or yeah. one big thing happens every season, you mm-hmm. shove like five big things <laughs> in the last episode. And that just gave me like the idea, like, you knew that you were out of time, <laughs> but like fan service, you know, being like, I want to leave everybody feeling good with the series. So what I can do is like show for, I mean, I don't really think it even needed to end on such a, everything is closed and everybody's happy and everybody got what they wanted. Sometimes you don't have to like completely not give it to them, but you don't have to 
give it to them either. Like, right. I didn't think that we needed to see her and Lawrence engaged. We mm-hmm. could have been left with the fact that they were giving it a shot or that yeah. they were that a couple years had passed and they had decided to give it a shot, maybe. But it just kind of just going as far as to say that like they're engaged and she's I was just kind of like oh that was a force because in real life black men do not forgive black women for cheating let's be real they would not have gotten back together I know unless they were like in it like they were in love with them or I've and it's never like this was seen, the one that got away I've literally never seen a black man whose ego wasn't so big that if his girlfriend slept with another man and lied to him about it and he found out without her telling him, but he found out on his own or because someone else told him that yeah. he would forgive her. Doesn't matter if five years passed. I, black men do not forgive black women for cheating, right. for having sex with another man. It's tough because that's like, you know, we don't want to make generalizations, but I'm, I'm really struggling to think of an example. And it know? doesn't help that Jay Ellis doesn't even like, he's not even attracted to black women. So like certain things were just- yeah certain things were just hard for me and you know i mean i see i i don't want to i'm shitting all over it so i can't say i don't want to because i already did it but (laughs) i just don't i like i think it's cute that's so rude to say i think it's commendable Hmm. that she would be like this is the first show of its kind Mm -hmm. what other show can black women outside of girlfriends yeah can black women go to in like see themselves, see their friends. And even girlfriends wasn't even that relatable because they were all really thin. Yeah. <laughs> and, like- <laughs> and like things like with Lynn, like no one would, I mean, I can't imagine anyone being that like obtuse with, I don't know, not working and just keep going to school and accumulating all this debt. And I, I don't know. know. I, I don't like that. Was yeah, I, realistic. That <laughs> I almost take that back. She yeah. had a couple like degrees even- and was working on her PhD. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show where like this is like the the second show that black women have i'm really struggling to think of anything else is there would you say living single okay living single okay so this is show number three yeah okay yes that's that's all if something comes to mind i'll bring it up but yeah so we got three shows so i cannot and i don't even know if those other two shows got finales like if they got to end their seasons or if they got canceled i'm not sure i don't know i'm still girlfriends got canceled they didn't oh did okay because i'm still trucking through it yeah i finished it and it ends out of nowhere it's like they were canceled out of nowhere i can understand her being like I do want to give something back to my black women who watch this to show you that we can have it. Mm-hmm. You know, any one of you can have it. You can find the man of your dreams. You can get your dream job. Your best friend who wants to get married can get married. You know, you can figure out how to be a boss of your own company, even if mm-hmm. you started off working in this shitty job you didn't like. Right. Like, I get it. So I can't hate her. I can't hate on that. But as a person who regularly watches a lot of different shows, in a lot of different series, I was not, maybe it's because I'm not used to having such a fairy tale ending that I just didn't like it. Heck yeah. That <laughs> it could felt be unreal. It just felt like none of this. And also the skipping around, she skipped around through the birthdays, which you've explained, but then it even goes a year later. And I'm like, okay, so we're skipping again. Yeah, that was that was kind of like a lot. And I'm trying to think like, okay, between when they broke up and then when they got back together for sure, 
It had been like four years, I think. Four yeah, it had years. been some time. Yeah. Um, also, I just never really got to know Torian. I guess the seasons where he was talking, I didn't meet him. So oh. um, I yeah. didn't understand their relationship or it seemed rushed, but maybe it wasn't rushed. Um, I didn't feel, I feel like they kind of, they did ease it in. They teased it and then, you know, like maybe like four episodes. <laughs> Okay, so that that's where yeah. I'll leave it. I won't okay. go into what else didn't seem realistic to me because that's just being negative. <laughs> but <laughs> I I don't know that I'll ever go back and rewatch. I think this is the kind of show that maybe when I'm in my 30s, I'll appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll appreciate it more when I'm a bit older because mm-hmm. now I was kind of like, just was too slow. Like that, some of those seasons just seemed like, what is happening? And then I, I also, I it really needed... They needed more episodes. They only had like eight episodes each season for a half hour show. Yeah. That is like a joke. Like that to me is like, they didn't, that's not enough time to tell anything. Everybody, like the standard seems to be across these kind of streaming, you know, platforms is if you have eight episodes, you have an hour long drama. Mm -hmm. It's an hour. And so in eight episodes, you can tell a complete story for that season. You can tell a story and also leave things so that we can build on that for the next season half hour for eight episodes each season didn't give them much yeah and so maybe what they were trying to accomplish it was like hard to do and granted they sold this show so it's like you they don't really get to make the decisions on how many episodes they get or how long the show is that's up to hbo hbo max to decide so that's unfortunate but she'll get other shit like she's working on a comedy album with the reed yeah um I'm sure she's gonna she's already probably working on I haven't heard of any other shows that she's developing but she's probably working on pitching stuff or maybe she's taking a break did she get she got married right maybe she just wants like a year or two off just yeah like she got married that. it was just she just turned 37 like damn I, know. I did not know she was that old she looks good right she looks great I know oh my gosh <laughs> And then I think one thing too that I am, because if I'm thinking about like, okay, reflecting on Insecure, one thing that I did really like, and it's like a superficial thing, but I loved how she did her hair. I think it's like really like, you know, important to see black women do like really nice, like natural hair protective styles and things like that. And like the, her hair color just fit her face really well. It just like the whole thing was just, yeah. I don't think she wore a wig once in any episode. There was one where she had like a like a dream sequence or something like and then she woke up and oh so it was supposed to play into the fact that she would never wear a wig and like yeah so but it was a big it wasn't even like a lace front or anything it was just like a a bang afro wig okay let's go to our topic (laughs) okay (laughs) I know we but I feel like we can get through this pretty quickly Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So our topic today is going to be about pandemic isolation. I saw a post on Twitter that somebody had posted from TikTok where a woman was talking about how like basically how lonely and isolated she was during the pandemic, how she realized that she is not anybody's like category A friend, but she's a lot of people's like B and C friend. Mm. So during a time where people are in their pods, mm-hmm. they don't want to hang out with anybody they're not really close to. She was like not getting invited to anything. And like, she lives alone. So she was mm. like, I don't have the link to it. I don't even know that I ever, fa- maybe I like, maybe I'll send it to you later. But it was very okay. sad. She was like tearing up. I started Aww. tearing up. It's really sad to think of somebody who's like, used to just kind of getting along with people but then in these kind of times 
all that is done and you're no longer considered and you're just like alone and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. So you live alone and I live alone. Mm-hmm. What has your experience been living alone during this time? The pandemic happened August, no, March, 2020. Yeah. You moved to wherever you are in what year? 20, this 2021. What month? Oh, August. Okay. So around this time already there was a vaccine. Yeah. So how comfortable have you felt getting invited to, have you been invited to things? Have you been able to make friends and move around? Yeah. I think, especially after I moved here, cause I had been vaccinated and it was like around the summer, like last summer, everyone was like, well, if you're vaccinated, you know, people felt more free moving around. Also like we're in, I mean, we're in Texas, definitely disclose that. So it's not like how it was when I was in Chicago where everyone was like, you know, mm-hmm. it was more, it wasn't like here, people were eating inside restaurants and stuff. No one did that in Chicago, even yeah. into the summer. So I think that was, that was helpful um, to be able to go out and do things. And even like at the start of the pandemic, I had a roommate in Chicago, my roommate, Jenny. So, I mean, like it helped a lot because I wasn't alone during that time. Um, it still was hard because like we didn't really see other people and the whole pandemic was hard in general but living as I like when I started living by myself because things were starting to open up and I was vaccinated I felt more comfortable going out and doing things not like it was crazy but yeah this pandemic has really made me wish I had a roommate (laughs) which is I don't want one because I I just I feel like roommate situations can easily turn bad Mm -hmm. and often do (laughs) And there's nobody I can think of. You don't know them or you don't know them like that. Yeah. I would live with you, maybe. Mm -hmm. My cousin um, and maybe maybe those two. Maybe just two people (laughs) that I know of currently. Because it's just so... And even little things. Like, uh, let's not even get into, like, what roommates are like. But living alone during the pandemic, I feel like I did a really good job once I got back to Austin of connecting with friends who lived close by, being able to see them. You know, and then once the vaccine came out, seeing other people, I mean, it's, it's Texas. And so Texas kind of rubs off on you. So mm-hmm. I, after a while, wasn't that concerned about it. Like I wasn't nervous. Once I was vaccinated, I was like, yeah, no mask. Let me go out to the club. Yeah, let's do everything we used to do. Everything's back. <laughs> um, but outside of, I mean, I don't know. Now all of that has kind of faded away and we're back into this where people are now back to wearing masks all the time now because this new variant is like four times as contagious or something. And you don't want to, you know, the holidays happened. You don't really want to pass it to anybody. I don't want to have to be the person who tells my friends like, hey girl, you're going to have to get checked. Sorry. So I have been staying home and this leads me to the next question. What is the current status of your friendships. Do you feel like you made more friends? Did you lose any? Did your friendships grow stronger? Did any like fall apart? Yeah, I think if anything, the friendships that I had grew stronger because I had to, and like we had to make like a more conservative effort to talk to people, Mm -hmm. especially with people, like if you people lived out of state or something like that, or you didn't live next to each other, everything was on Zoom. People were talking on Zoom more, talking on the phone more. Um, I think even with like you and I was in grad school, I know that I wasn't available all the time, but I felt like even during that time, the times that we did catch up, like I felt like we had a more intentional relationship and I was super appreciative of that. And we know, met up a couple times. We did we went to, like a park and like sat oh, on the opposite what? ends of the blanket. Yes. We both brought donuts that time. <laughs> we did. 
And I was like, I'm running late because I'm getting kolaches and donuts. She's like, oh, I did too. <laughs> so like, even despite like, you know, the pandemic, like I was able to do that with like, not all my friends for sure. Honestly, like you, I definitely got closer to my roommate, um, some friends from college and then people who I knew through my church in Chicago, like we still met for like small groups and stuff, but other people who I just saw like, you know, every once in a while, you know, that like completely like fell apart. And then now being even like moving and living on my own and doing out, doing things with people. Um, like last year I tried really hard to get to know people because I moved to a new place and things like that, but those relationships weren't like super sustainable. It's like we hung on a couple of times and then like haven't really got a chance to talk to them again or things like that. Cause life just happened. So yeah, I feel like, I don't know for someone who like made friends during the pandemic, how would, like what it would look like for them to keep those friends because like you're concerned mm. about spreading COVID and I feel like the dynamic so- of social interaction has changed. I can say that I, when the pandemic hit any like loose C level friend I had that was gone. <laughs> like, yeah. so anybody that I would have only hit up to go get drinks and like, we didn't really know much about each other or like talk to stop my cat is biting me. <laughs> 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 Um, she's like nibbling at my knee. Um, anybody that I would have just met up and we wouldn't have really talked about our real lives or much of anything, but just been like, let's get drinks, girl. Like that was gone. Yeah. Um, I had friendships that I, that were tested that were gone. Like literally one of those friends who I've, I think I've told the story about who, um, when I was in between jobs and my lease was running out and I needed a place to crash. And she was like, no, I'm so stressed and anxious. No, you can't. Sorry. You have to figure it out. Um, we didn't talk for several months. And then sometime last year, I don't remember if it was, it was like around the time, maybe right a couple months before my birthday or something. She hit me up out of nowhere and was like, Hey girl, I'm in Austin. We should get drinks. And I was like, um, like it had really hit me. Like all of my other friendships that were like people I regularly talked to and hung out with had grown stronger. Like when I did have to go back with my parents. I thought, you know, you would think that like, if I'm disconnected from the social realm of where I'm at, who's going to talk to me? Cause they can't hang out with me. I'm not in town. These people like made plans to like zoom me. Like I had scheduled zoom hangs with friends, Mm -hmm. regular scheduled, like phone calls, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I met up a couple of times, Mm -hmm. um, like people put in effort that I didn't know that they would. And so having this friend show up several months later, hadn't even checked in nothing. And I'm telling her all of my other friendships actually grew pretty strong. And yours was the only strong one that actually fell apart. Mm-hmm. So I don't really feel good about us as friends. I'm not right. really trying to hang out. And she was like, well, to me, a good friendship is one where you can leave and come back. <laughs> and I think like, even saying that out loud, I'm like, that don't make no sense. It doesn't. Cause that's not the same thing as like, we're such good friends that we can, like, we could go months without talking and pick it up. And as if we never left, that takes a foundation. And if there's no foundation, you can't do that. That takes a reason for why that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has to be something you and I, back when you were in the, the thick of like grad school we wouldn't talk that often you know Mm -hmm. like I'd have to schedule pencil in a time with you and you would though like you would literally be like girl I got 15 minutes and two weeks and I'd be like (laughs) I'll take it (laughs) but like knowing that like that is if you especially if the break is the result of a falling out Mm -hmm. it's not just like we both got really busy with life 
right. we were on good terms. We both just got really busy. And then out of nowhere, you're texting like, and it even shouldn't, it shouldn't be like seven months later. It should be like maybe two months later. You're like, right. oh, hey girl, whoa, how have you been? Like, that's the kind of friendships where you can leave, you can be quiet or you can disappear and come back, whatever, because exactly. you got so busy and you were already on good terms. There's that understanding there. Not we fell out. We haven't talked in seven months, but you think that I was just supposed to pick back up with you. Like to me, that's, that's just a sign of somebody who wants to be able to flake mm-hmm. and do whatever works for them. And if you're a good friend, you have to be okay with that. And that's crazy. So right. um, I did lose some friendships. Some friendships grew stronger. I feel like this is pandemic phase two, where like it's a different level of getting to know yourself and getting to know the people you want to be around. So this time around, I'm making room for even less people because I'm leaving Austin. So I don't have, you know, I realized like a lot of the friendships I made in this town were purely based out of survival. It was literally me being like, I live in this town. You know, I've learned how to do stuff on my own, but I need friends. I need support. I need people to talk to. So I'm going to figure out how to make as many friends as possible. And a lot of that included me dumbing myself down or shutting off parts of myself. So like there are people in this town who I was friends with or am friends with who don't even know what I'm like when I talk about things I'm excited about, because the things that I'm excited about they don't care about or they don't understand or don't know anything about. You know, this is a really white town. Right. So there's like only a certain amount of things that you can like, that I can connect with people here about. And so the things I can connect with them about, I don't really care that much about, but I'm pumping up Mm -hmm. so that I can, you know, have friends. And then the things I really get excited about, they don't know anything about or they don't care about it. So some people might think of me as more of a negative person or they just don't know what I'm really like when I can fully speak my mind or just when my face lights up because I'm excited, genuinely excited about something. Right. And I think for them, not to go on for that, because I think that actually goes on to like how you developed during this time, but I feel like they're so used to everyone defaulting to them. I feel like Austin's a town like every they like everyone kind of just assumes or any other white town mm-hmm. that we all like the same stuff because we're all in proximity with each other. And anyone that doesn't like that or has anything to say that's against that is being negative or like being like, oh, you hate us. You're me. You know, that type of thing. It's like, like, no, I just don't like the green belt. Not to say that. I mean, I've never been. <laughs> that's one thing we talked about where I was like, I can finally stop trying to go to the green belt so much. Right. Like, I was literally trying to fit, fit so hard into Austin culture that I tried like I would take my ass to the green belt once every other month or so just to say that I'd been there (laughs) just to say I liked hiking like certain things that you do so that you fit in more and so you sound like everybody else here people in Austin love live music they love camping they love hiking they love the green belt they love Barton Springs they love breakfast they love tacos just tacos in general oh I fucking love tacos tacos are great um you know, and then some other stuff that I kind of do, like, like, I love film. I love TV. Um, I like podcasts, but I don't listen to the podcasts I listen to. Like, I, li- right. I listen to Black people yeah. <laughs> on podcasts. Like, the people in my library, the library is, like, 90% Black. So mm-hmm. if I tell a guy, I love podcasts, he's like, what do you listen to? And nothing I say, he will know. So it's, right. it's just a very hard town to fit into. And I've done a lot of disservice to myself and trying really hard to survive mm-hmm. and just fit into it. And so now that I'm like, I'm leaving, I don't really give a shit. Like I'm in the house most of the time anyways, just because, I mean, I'll be out more once I get back from visiting you mm-hmm. because I definitely was like, I don't want to risk exposing myself and then yeah. give it to you again. 
but you're boosted, which I think is a big part too. And if you get yes. it, you may be asymptomatic. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not at all worried about getting sick or yeah. even, I'm just concerned that if I get it, it would be at a time where I would give it to somebody I yeah. care about and then they would have to like potentially miss work or they could potentially get sick. And it's, mm-hmm. it's I just don't want to be the dumbass who gave it to someone. So I was trying to be good about that. So I'll be back out. But um, yeah, I've just been more conservative with my time and my energy. Like, I just don't feel the need to survive anymore. I'm already surviving. I'm in a really lucky space. And like, I think it's because I've gotten older that I can appreciate right. what I have and what's going on. Another thing too, is like slowing down. Cause I think that I was going like a hundred miles per hour. I still kind of am, but I feel like I was doing so unconsciously that I thought that was the only way to live. And that that's not the case. And I feel like, you know, this time for better or for worse has helped me kind of realize like, okay, intentionality in your friendships, but also intentionality in how you treat yourself. And I realized I wasn't treating myself that well. Um, Because running yourself into the ground doesn't do anybody any good, especially yourself, so. Okay, so then let's get to our deep things. (laughs) Nice. So my deep thing is actually something really, just really easy and quick. I can't think of like an intervention type thing because I'm just over it. But one thing that I I actually saw it on TikTok, so it's not even evidence-based, but I feel like it is, is is self-care 52, where what you do is like, you have like, a jar, a hat, some type of container, and you fill it with 52 different things to do for self-care to represent each week of the year. And then on Sunday or any day of your choice, you pick one thing at random out of the jar, out of the bag or something. And that's your self-care thing for the week. And you can put things that you've done before that give you comfort or new things that you haven't done and just kind of given your time and your availability or like what your resources are looking at, like doing it. So like, that's something that I want to do. Um, we're now like in the second week, so maybe it's self-care 50 or 49 or something for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in increasing and diversifying how you do self-care. My, I was going to say my self-care, my deep think is self-care. Maybe I recently discovered that as told by Ginger is on Paramount plus. Oh yeah. I was very annoyed because I was like, that is the one that I didn't have that I did not want to get. (laughs) Mm. I'm so tired of these streaming platforms making it so that you have to get, you have to catch them all, got to collect them. Mm. And it's like, you might as well just be paying for cable. <laughs> like you might right. as well just be, if I got to pay like $40 a month, I might as well just sign up for, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, I mean, streaming is better than cable because at least you get to pick the shows you want to watch and watch those whenever right. rather than watching cable and you better hope the show is on demand. I feel like you have to pay more for on demand. It's, yes, you do. Yes. So I started watching As Told by Ginger again, and it's just such a good, heartwarming show. I have a theory. My theory is that Ginger is a quarter black. One, she's red bone. Um, ah. she, her, her skin has a tint. She's like Beyonce's skin color, honestly. I can kind of see um, that. Mom's a nurse. Point number two, her mom. Her <laughs> mom is a single overworked nurse. I mm. think a lot of us women of color, especially those of the browner persuasion, um, we know what that's like. My mom was an overworked nurse um, holding it down. Um, her mom's hair is kinky. You're right. It is so hair is kinky. Yes. Her mom's hairstyle is like, uh, like what's An her name? Anvil. It's like, what's her name from the Cosby show? Tempest Bledsoe. But what was her name yeah. on the show? 
Vanessa. Vanessa. Vanessa yeah. had the same haircut where like the top was like the bottom was really short and like shaved down and the top was like almost like a flat top, but like yeah. a trapezoid top. And I liked it. The other quick points is just that Ginger Ginger's hair is also kinky. Um, her hair is not unlike the texture of Darren. Um, they're mm-hmm. in Connecticut. So Darren's and Miranda are noticeably the only black people, and Ginger, I think, is biracial. That's just my I think her mom is half black and Ginger mm-hmm. is a quarter black. That's my okay. theory. Um, And for those of you who want to understand why Miranda hated Ginger so much, it's because Miranda, being like the only black girl in that school, worked Mm. really hard to elbow her way into Courtney Gripling's inner circle, right? Right. He is the most popular and richest girl in school's number one best friend right hand. And she worked really hard by being the like bitchy bulldog that Courtney needed. Right. Meanwhile, Ginger didn't do anything. And Courtney's like obsessed with her. (laughs) So it's like this girl... This white girl ain't got to do nothing. And she's already like a higher status than me. Like, I hate this girl. I've like literally worked so hard, especially knowing like I'm a black girl. This white girl did not want to be my best friend. I had to prove my value to her. Right. And this other girl gets to come along and just squeeze in there. Like, I got it. Also, uh, last point, Courtney Gripling was indeed a lesbian and did have a crush on Ginger. That is just, I feel like it's a theory. It's a theory that the writers, I think, have confirmed Mm. Um, because Courtney, it just it's so obvious, like her weird obsession with Ginger wasn't just because Ginger was like an ordinary girl. I think it was the purity of seeing somebody that she deemed attractive. Anyways, I'm just going to wrap it up and say that uh, Courtney had a crush on Ginger. She was into redheads like that, you know, plus admiring the innocence of her actually having friends who she could depend on whereas Courtney's yeah. friendships are based on the fact that she's rich if she were to ever lose her money or her looks her friends would be gone okay so thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week see you next week <laughs>